Welcome to Conversations from Here with me, Dana Ziegler. These candid, unfettered talks create connection and inspiration across the human story. These are the sharings of how we came to be ourselves, how we found our life's purpose, and how we made it from there to here. I speak with performers, artists, artisans, creators, innovators, entrepreneurs, and other remarkable people about what they do and how they came to do it. Also, the music you hear on this show is performed, as always, by Brad Watson. Well, hello there, everybody from Hendersonville, Tennessee. It's me, Dana Ziegler, beaming in. And you know, uh, I haven't done an episode of Conversations from Here for a long time. Uh, we had a move. Most of you know that we moved from Los Angeles to the Nashville area. And have been spending a lot of time nesting and setting up the house and just getting used to a new rhythm of life. So uh, I didn't mean to disappear for six months, <laughs> but I've just really been enjoying myself. Um, been having a wonderful time. And you know, I didn't have any guests booked and I thought, oh geez, I got to get back on the podcast. And then I realized it's my podcast, so I, I can do whatever I want. And uh, if I want to just talk to y'all, as they say around here, uh, you guys for uh, the more northerly regions, then I can, because um, it's my show. So uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to say thank you so much for all the love and support that we've had from our friends and family all across the country and um, uh, for this move. And it's been a great one, and Brad's been playing music and having a really wonderful time. I, I wanted to give you a little window onto what it is to live in the South, uh, because Tennessee is very different from California in many ways. Um, one of those ways is that geographically and uh, climatically, it is the polar opposite. So we are living in lush green splendor here, no shortage of water, no shortage of lakes and rivers and rain and all of that. But with that rain and with all that moisture, the downside are the bugs. So let me tell you, this is a, a sort of uh, audio field guide to the bugs, the biting insects of Tennessee and the South in general. And, and actually, East Coast overall, um, we get bugs out here, biting insects. So 
shout out to the biting insect community of the greater Nashville area. Hello, I hear you and I feel you and you are the reason that I am using many bottles of calamine lotion. So your guide to bugs, uh, fleas, they proliferate during the later spring and summer months. And as you know, they get on your dogs and any outdoor pets. Um, but they're nothing compared to the ticks. Uh, ticks tend to hide out in the underside of long grasses and leaves. So if you're in kind of a wooded area wandering around, um, you might pick up some ticks. And uh, ticks, you can see them. So when you see them, you got to grab them quick before they latch on and start their blood sucking. <laughs> and uh, which it's it's awful. I mean, <laughs> it's really it's really gross. Um, uh, and then, but w the worst thing of all, oh, there's the mosquitoes too. But the mosquitoes are nothing compared to the chiggers. Chiggers, for those of you who do not know, are the larvae of what's called a harvest mite. And they too lurk in the grasses, in the damp and in the shade. And even if you have a well-kept yard, they still manage to survive out there. And chiggers, you cannot see them. So they're known as noceums. And what they do is they will crawl up your leg, even if you're wearing tightly fitted jeans, and they will lodge themselves in uh, various areas that tend to be sort of folds. So they really like the back of the knees um, and they will climb higher than that. And I will leave that to your imagination where they can get to. But the bites are super painful, but you don't know that you have them on you until they've actually dropped off. So by the time you feel a chigger bite, they've actually left the scene. But what they do is they they, they're not blood suckers. What they do is they puncture the skin and then they inject a digestive enzyme and that digestive enzyme starts to digest you and then they sort of slurp that up through a straw and they have basically like a human slurpee. So not a, not, not a, not a great thing um, to have to deal with. And the, the bites are really painful. They actually become very inflamed they're almost like pustules. They're, it's, it's almost like you have the chicken pox or something like that. So um, not pleasant. Uh, and then I did mention the mosquitoes, but the mosquitoes are barely worth mentioning because they're, they're nothing compared to these other things. So if you live out here, you may want to. I've actually got a Jack the Cat in my lap right now. He has decided that he's going to come and say hello. So I don't know if you can hear him, if you can hear the purr. Maybe not. Anyway, he might say something, he might not. Uh, but anyway, so that's your, uh, your field guide to the bugs out here. The best thing that you can do is to spray on some bug repellent on your feet and your ankles and the bottoms of your pant leg, and that will save you a whole lot of misery. So that's the bugs. Um, the other thing is the people are wonderful, super friendly. Southern hospitality is a real thing. Everybody's been nothing but sweet here. Our neighbors met lots of people. Um, when I take Spud for a walk down in the neighborhood, um, down the hill, he has a family that he likes to visit. 
specifically this is a shout out to Kalia and Kalen who are his little friends down the road and every time we go by their house he always looks for them so we talk to them and hang out and they play with Spud and um, I'm just so delighted that he loves little kids because some some dogs don't some dogs don't have the patience but anyway he likes to go see his little friends but everyone has been really lovely um, doesn't matter where you go you might have just random conversations with people on the street if you're in downtown Nashville or if you're wandering around here in Hendersonville which is just northeast of Nashville and it's very relaxed there's a lo there's a uh, there's a real ease to living here um, there's not it's not a hustle things are happening things are going on things are pretty prosperous around here um, but there's no there's no ferocity of of trajectory <laughs> people are uh, very very present in conversations and I attribute that to maybe they're just under less stress that's part of it it's not there's an energy that a city has so whether you're in Los Angeles Seattle Chicago New York Atlanta even um, there's a boom 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 there's a buzz there's a there's a quickness to people's delivery there's uh, sort of a I don't know there's a, it's a difference in the energetic thing so in the south things are a little bit lower key and we have been exploring Hendersonville of course in the greater Nashville area and one of the little treasures that I have found in Hendersonville is called Lily Bella's Cakes and it's a mom-and-pop place that was started a few years ago three years ago I think and the proprietors Jennifer who's the baker and her husband David have this little tiny bakery and it occupies the space that was a cottage that was constructed by a master builder named Braxton, Braxton Dixon when he was 14 years old. And I will talk more about Braxton Dixon because we've become obsessed with his houses. Absolutely beautiful. He specializes in old timber and stone and repurposed reclaimed materials so I will get into Braxton Dixon in just a little bit but anyway Lily Bella's cakes small batch locally sourced stuff and they serve Mule Town coffee and Mule Town coffee comes from Columbia Tennessee which is about two hours south and just a little bit west of Nashville and they call it Mule Town because back in the day Columbia was the place that people would bring their mules to buy sell trade and so even today sometime in April every year they they celebrate Mule Day <laughs> which is a hearkening back to their their mule heritage so Mule Town Coffee we've actually been down there to the roasters absolutely beautiful rich chocolatey luscious espresso so they know how to roast coffee here in Tennessee at least the folks of Mule Town Coffee do 
And if you go to Lily Bella's Cakes, you can get yourself a cappuccino or a latte or espresso shot made of Mule Town coffee. So really good stuff. The other thing I was going to say was that living in Hendersonville, it's because it's out of the city, it has a very rural quality to it. So you can be driving down the road and you'll look off to your right and you will see cows, horses, maybe some donkeys if you're lucky, maybe some chickens. So there's all kinds of animals around. And that's such a treat because, you know, when you're living in a city, you don't often get to see that many animals, except for maybe a dog here or there. But we've got horses, cows, donkeys, and, and the lot. Lots of open space. I hope that continues. There's a lot of people moving here from other places, including California. <laughs> so we always like to downplay the fact that we're from California, just in case some of the locals might be a little bit hostile to an invasive species coming in from from the left coast, but um, everybody's been super welcoming and lovely, and they just say welcome. Welcome to Tennessee. We're glad you're here. I'll give you an example of how things are done here. So it was probably the first week that we were here, and there's a little Ace Hardware store. It's just down the road, just down Main Street. Main Street, which is also known as Johnny Cash Parkway, also known as 31E, also known as Gallatin Pike when you're going up towards Gallatin, known as Nashville Pike when you're coming down from Gallatin to Nashville. So uh, that's another peculiarity of this area is that most of the streets and the roads and the pikes are, they have like four or five names as you travel on them. So you see the name changes and you think, what? Did I turn somewhere? <laughs> but you didn't. You didn't. It's the same road. But anyway, this Ace Hardware off of Main Street near us around the corner, we, we didn't know what time they closed. And they sold bundles of firewood out in the front that you can get plastic wrapped uh, firewood. So we got there and it looked like they were closed. It was a Sunday. And then we checked the hours and realized, oh no, it's, it's, they close at six and we had gotten there at 7.30. So there was a young man in there and I, and I tapped on the window. This is before we had looked at what time they had closed. And he came over and he said, if y'all know what you want, I can ring you up if you're not paying with cash, if you got a card. And and we said, great, we just wanted to get a bundle of firewood. He's like, yeah, yeah, come on in, come on in. Where are y'all from? And, you know, conversation ensued. But he opened the store for us after having been closed for an hour and a half. Turns out he's the son of the owners. So he's the manager there at this little local Ace Hardware. And, I mean, how lovely is that? He could have very easily just ignored us standing there at the door he could have said, you know, y'all have to come back later because you're come back tomorrow because we're closed. No, he said, come on in and I'll ring you up. And he did. And you know, we chatted with him for a little while. And uh, that was super, super nice. So that was the beginning of being introduced to how things are done around here. So the other thing I wanted to tell you 
is that, uh, so most of you know that I have gotten my driver's license once again. This is after having just not renewed after so many years. So my last license expired in 2009. I lived in San Francisco at the time. And when you live in San Francisco and you don't have a car because there's no place to put it, and it's really expensive to insure it and feed it and care for it and all of that. So I just got a state ID. So I just I just did that. I I didn't bother with renewing. And then I knew that I would have to go through the entire process again, doing all the testing and all that stuff. And I thought, well, I'm gonna wait till we're in Tennessee to do that. So we went to the DMV in uh, or what they call the Driver Services Center in Gallatin, just north of Hendersonville. And I passed my written test and I went back and I did my road test and I passed. Yay. So I'm officially a licensed driver in the great state of Tennessee. And I am driving our 2004 Land Rover Discovery II, whom I have dubbed Boudica. And for those of you who don't know the story of Boudica, she was the Celtic queen of the Iceni people in Britain during the first century AD. This is a long time ago. And Boudicca was, uh, was queen. Her husband, the king, when he passed away, had a, made an arrangement with the Roman governors, because, you know, Rome was in Britannia, is what they called it had an arrangement that half of his lands would go to his family, his wife and his daughters, and half would go to the Roman Empire. Well, when he passed away, the Roman local authorities took all of his land, raped his daughters, and uh, left his queen bereft. So Boudicca, as per her warrior queen nature, said, that ain't right and sought to take vengeance against the Romans and gathered the surrounding tribes to ally against the Romans, the Roman legions. And they did some serious damage. They really did. But unfortunately, because Rome was too powerful, she was defeated. And nobody really knows whether she was actually, oops, that was a cat, if you heard that bump. No one knows if she was imprisoned, killed outright, what, what actually happened to Boudicca. But in, in any case, she was defeated. But Boudicca is still to this day regarded as a folk heroine in Britain. So when you're in London and you come up through the Westminster Tube Station and you come out and you're in front of the Houses of Parliament, there is a ginormous bronze statue of Boudicca in a chariot brandishing a, a spear and she has clutching at her skirts her daughters who are kind of cowering behind her. So Boudicca is still revered even though she lost. She was noble and valiant and so because Land Rovers have a reputation for being fabulous vehicles until they're not, until they have a a breakdown or blow a head gasket 
or some such thing. Uh, they're glorious until they're not. And so I thought Boudica would be an appropriate name for this kitted out rover who has a bit of a lift kit on her and she's got a, a light strip uh, of fog lights on the roof. She looks pretty badass. She has a winch in front, you know, in case somebody falls into a ditch, I can rescue them. So that's Boudica and that is my rig. And she, as well as the other rover that we have, George, who is a 2000, also a Discovery 2. And he is Brad's fixer-upper project, but he actually runs like a top. Both of these vehicles were inherited from Brad's brother, Cliff, who sadly passed away of cancer in uh, November of last year. And Cliff knew that he wasn't going to make it and signed over the rovers to Brad to care for. And so that's why we have two Land Rovers. And we drive them in Cliff's memory and uh, honor him by keeping them in good nick. And, uh, and we really enjoy driving them around. They're kind of the perfect vehicles for Middle Tennessee. Um, they're great off-road. They're great on you know, small, bouncy country roads, and they're great in the wet. And, uh, you know, you could ford a river in these things. <laughs> so that's the story of the Land Rovers. Let's see, what else did I want to tell you guys? Well, I wanted to share. So I wanted to mention, um, so I had mentioned Braxton Dixon, who is a was a local builder. And this gentleman was, he was born, I believe, in 1925. And his father was a stonemason and a master builder. And so when his son was training under him, they built a cottage that is in the heart of the old business district in Hendersonville. That cottage is where Lily Bella's Cakes is. And so this cottage, which is made of stone, has a, has a stone heart in the chimney that you can see. Very charming structure, built in 1935. And when Braxton was a teenager, he was 14 years old when he was helping his dad with the project, Braxton was feeling a little lazy and he was kind of lollygagging around. And his father said, come on, boy, put some heart into it. And so... Being kind of a smart ass, he carved a stone heart and put it in the chimney. And so in all 51 Braxton Dixon buildings, uh, mostly houses, there's one that's a, it's actually a, an inn, the Thistletop Inn in Goodlettsville, but all the rest of them are private residences. You can look up to the chimney and you can see a stone heart. And that is Braxton's signature. So Braxton Dixon became, like his father, a master builder, and he became well-known in the Hendersonville-Nashville area for his use of repurposed, reclaimed, found materials, old timber, never fresh timber, always old timber, stonework, all that. So he got to know Johnny Cash. And at one point, sorry, let me take a sip here. 
little bit of water, gotta stay hydrated. He was building, Braxton was building his own house in the late 60s. And Johnny came over and he said, I really want to buy this house. And Braxton said, no, not a chance. This is mine, Johnny. I'll build you one, but this is mine. And Johnny kept coming back to him and saying, no, 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 I really love this house. And the house was on the shores of Old Hickory Lake, which is the, the dammed up Cumberland River. The Army Corps of Engineers, a little segue here, Army Corps of Engineers in 1954 created Old Hickory Lake from the Cumberland River. And it meanders all over the place. And it's huge and very picturesque. So Braxton was just trying to build a house on a lake. And Johnny kept coming back to him. And then finally, finally, and I believe it was 1967, he said to Braxton, okay, I'll give you $150,000 for this house. And Braxton said, oh, okay, okay, fine, it's yours. And that became the house that when he and Johnny and June moved into that house on Caudle Road off of Old Hickory Lake, that house became their home for over 30 years. Now, this house became a center for many artists and musicians to come hang out with Johnny and June, uh, write music, rest, <laughs> enjoy a beautiful setting and uh, you know spending time with friends. So this house was their home until their deaths in 2003. Um, as you know, June had, she was having some kind of medical procedure and sadly she passed away on the operating table. And I believe it was three months later, only three months that Johnny succumbed also, because you know, he just couldn't live without June. So they are buried here in Hendersonville, and we went to visit them, and they're in a beautiful, their ashes are buried there, and they're in a beautiful setting. So that was 2003, and eventually the property was purchased by Barry Gibb, of, of course, you, you guessed it, you know, the Bee Gees, and Barry wanted to renovate it and update it a little bit before he moved into it. And in 2007, something happened with the construction crew. Nobody knows really what, but uh, somebody was using some incendiary materials and the whole place went up and was destroyed except for all of the stonework that you can still see. You can still see the boat dock. You still see the, uh, the back deck, all the stonework, but the wooden portion of it, the top portion of the house uh, has been destroyed. So you can go and kind of peek over the fence from the road, if you're on Cottle Road, but you can get a much better view of it from the lake. So Brad and I took the kayak out one evening to get a better look at the house. And you can still, you can imagine what it used to look like. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Very, very beautiful. Kind of rusticated stone, uh, looks very rough hewn but is also very very elegant really kind of blends into the landscape because there's a lot of limestone locally so it kind of looks like it's built into the side of the hill that drops down into the lake and 
I read recently that someone who is in the finance industry, um, a gentleman with a lot of money, purchased the property last year and is renovating it currently. And he wants to bring, to his credit, he wants to bring it back to its original integrity. So he wants to bring it back to something close to what it used to be when it was finished by Braxton Dixon back in 1968. So that's the story of the Johnny Cash house on Old Hickory Lake. And a little bit about Braxton Dixon. So we are really enjoying tracking down some of Braxton Dixon's buildings, some of the homes, and uh, trying to find them and drive by them and, and check them out. Another discovery lately here has been the Lane Motor Museum. And this place is in Nashville, and it's on Murfreesboro Pike somewhere. I don't have the address on me right now. But if you are in Nashville, you must come and see the Lane Motor Museum. They specialize in vintage European cars and also kind of these really unique one-offs. They have a 1932 car that is propeller, uh, what would you say? Propeller driven, has a big propeller in the front. It's kind of like an airplane without wings. It's called a helicar. And then there's all these, these kind of strange and wonderful little vehicles with, uh, with all kinds of strange doors, little miniature, kind of like mini cars. There's one that looks like a little woody station wagon that's smaller than a Mini Cooper. Lots of Fiat's. Bertoni's, Saab's, uh, Auto Union, which became Audi, uh, Citroën, Citroën, I should say, Citron, the French car, <laughs> and um, well worth a visit. So these are some of the some of the highlights of our time here so far. We've been here for gosh, well, almost exactly three months and have really, uh, have really kind of immersed ourselves in the local scene. The food is wonderful. Special shout out to Cafe Raka on New Shackle Island, a little Syrian place, little mom and pop place that we love to go to, uh, Linkoya Cafe, Moby Dickies, and all kinds of little places. So the food is good down here in the South. Anyway, I just wanted to give you a little update. I'll, I'll do some of these Tennessee updates every now and again. And um, again, I just want to thank you y'all so much for, see, I'm doing it. I'm saying y'all, I've, I've got to, I'm, I'm, I'm acclimating. <laughs> thank you so much for all your love and support over all this time. And I just wanted to put something on the air and, uh, and, be, and be present and uh, create some content. And I will have some guests coming up, special guests, and you will enjoy that as well, I'm sure. So thanks so much for listening. So I'm going to sign off by saying, take good care of yourselves, take good care of each other. And as always, I will see you on the other side. This is Dana signing out. Thanks for listening.